Hi everyone and welcome to 21 Questions, the podcast where we tackle 21 big questions about life, faith and Christianity in about 20 minutes during 2021. Yeah, my name is Rich Jones. I'm a pastor at Living Rock Church, have been for the last 16 or so years and this is my friend and colleague Mike Shooter who's worked with our youth and young people and also as part of the church leadership team at Living Rock for the last 10 years. Yeah, about 10 years now. And um, as a follow-on from our last episode where we looked at why people don't believe in God anymore, which is available on the YouTube cha- on our YouTube channel um, if you want to go and look at that now, our question this week is why is there suffering in the world? And there's lots of different ways that you can phrase that, ask that question, um, but that is our question for this week. Yeah, and I think it sort of... Uh... You get asked the question a lot, you know, um, if God is real, why does he allow suffering is another big question that we're, we're often asked. And um, it's a really big one. It's potentially the biggest. Um, it comes up a lot and something that people have grappled with, not just in the last sort of 15, 20, 50 years. It's something that's probably been grappled with for centuries, if not millennia. And, um, you know, and, and I think we ask the question ourselves a lot and um, we'll know people who seem to face a disproportionate amount of challenges loss hardship misfortune um, and others who seem to kind of sail through life relatively unaffected um, mm. and i think we can ask that question you know, why is there suffering or why does suffering seem to happen to some more than others um, another big one is why do bad things happen to good people or why does god allow bad things to happen to the innocent um, yeah Really, really, really good questions. Question, yeah. Mm. And um, I suppose it's just worth saying that this isn't something that's um, that's not picked up in the Bible. It, it's picked up in the Bible a lot. The question of suffering is not taboo. Um, God's not afraid of this question. The Bible's not afraid of this question. Mm. Um, there are whole books that are given over to sort of grappling with this question. The book of Job is about the life of a man who is a good man, but he suffers the loss of material possessions. Then he suffers the loss of his of his children and then he suffers the loss of his health and 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 in it all he's he's asking god why you know the the book of habakkuk is about a man who's observing the uh, evil empires of other nations coming and oppressing his own people and, he, and he's crying out to god and he's saying you're not seeing what's going on you're not recognizing this injustice and the suffering that's happening uh, there are books the book of lamentation is a set of five poems of the prophet jeremiah he's looking at the city of jerusalem being trashed and destroyed and he's asking God and crying out to God and the Psalms are full of these laments of people who are dealing with suffering and, and, and tragedy and difficulty and they're asking God why asking God for help so we're not afraid to pick up this question there are aspects about it that I believe are mysterious they are difficult to fathom um, and, and, and actually I just want to say this as well if we could give you the bomb proof theory as to why God allows suffering to happen that's in some ways all well and good but for somebody who's facing suffering and hardship and loss mm. and pain they don't necessarily want an answer what they want is comfort what they yeah. want is the sense of of care and love and somebody to to sit with them to put their arm around them to uh, to cry with them uh, and to 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 be with them in that you know and i think i think that's also part and parcel of what god provides god wants to express comfort to those who are suffering through others, through people, through the church, actually. And um, and so empathy and comfort are really, really important that we, 
we mustn't miss those things and come up with a really clever answer as to why suffering is happening in the first place. No, that's absolutely true. And uh, I think in the same way that people will often talk about suffering and say you can't really fully understand what somebody has gone through until they've gone through it, I think it's the same um, the same way that you can't really understand there's aspects of, of God's role in suffering and how he um, engages with us during suffering that we can't really fully understand until we've experienced it. I think yeah. both, you, you know, often the, the insufficiency of an answer to make things better is only really evident when you're experiencing it. You know, uh, Lauren will often <laughs> say to me sometimes if I'm trying to comfort her when something's gone wrong, she'll say, look, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to be there. And um, as much as we want this answer from God of why has this happened or why has that happened? Um, I think for a lot of people, when they come out the, the other end of what they've experienced, the closeness of God, his kindness, his um, what we experience of him in those times, yeah. people will often say was way more important to them and critical to them than getting the answer as to why it all happened. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and what I think the book of Job really shows us as well, and, and other other books where people ask these questions of why is that this is not a question that God is offended by. Yeah. He is not in any way, he never chastises people for asking, why am I going through this? Sometimes he'll give an answer, sometimes he doesn't always. But he he never chastises people for asking the question. So we're on really safe ground getting into this. I think. Absolutely. I think um I think around when we talk about suffering, I think it it that has produced um a kind of the the, the question of it has, has sort of caused people to say, Well, God can't be real because there's suffering. It's it's mm. been a big part point of fueling atheism. Um many atheists have sort of used the existence of suffering as the proof that God can't exist, uh, or certainly a, a God that, that Christians and, you know, potentially Jewish people talk about, you know, this view of a, a God who's all-powerful, truly loving and eternal. And um, I know some of the prominent atheists like Stephen Fry, um, you know, very passionately in 2015, uh, this kind of went viral of his, this diatribe, this criticism against God, calling God um, an evil, capricious monstrous maniac for allowing for example a child to suffer cancer and things like that and you know I, I watched that and it was difficult to hear as a Christian mm. but but I don't believe he was putting on a show I believe he was expressing this kind of emotion of of, of a reaction to suffering and and it is an emotive question and, and it should bring about an emotional response when we witness it yeah we witness suffering and injustice um it should have an effect on us otherwise that would be tragic, you know. Um, yeah. And, and I think actually it's worth picking up on that as being maybe a hint that God is does actually exist, you know, because if, if we're asking the question, why is there suffering, then who are we asking the question to? <laughs> who are we directing that question to? Because if we don't believe there's any God, if we believe that we're part of an evolutionary process, we're here by chance, we weren't, we are, and then we won't be. Um, you know, we're part of a universe that has no purpose, no ultimate end point. In fact, it's just going to end in oblivion. Then why are we even bothered mm. that they're suffering? And and I think it's that question has prompted some people to move from atheism to believe in God, to Christianity. C.S. Lewis, famous yeah. author, what shifted from atheism to Christianity because he had this question of why is there suffering? Why am I moved by injustice? Why am I offended by evil? Um, it's because there must be within me a moral view. How can I call something crooked if if I don't know what's straight? 
And who determines what's straight? And, and for him, the only person who could do that is God. And if God has said these things are right, these things are good, and we recognize when things aren't and they're crooked, then surely that's evidence that there is a, a God who's made us in his image, in his likeness. Um, mm. But we too recognize that and we react against injustice. That kind of moral code, if you like. Yeah, and I think the fact that that moral code is cross-cultural and mm. runs throughout history is is it's, it's essentially like hardwired into us this code that um, it doesn't matter where you're from, what your belief system is. There are, there are aspects that everyone experiences. And, and I think that points to the existence of God, yeah. um, a God who's just a God who's loving and has made us in his image like him. And yeah. so when we're faced with evil or seeming injustice, we react to those things. Absolutely. And, and so it's more than, okay, well, all right, you're saying, I, I accept that maybe there is a God if, if that's how I feel. You know, if you if you do buy into that moral moral argument, which I totally do, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, how, however, you're saying God is all powerful and he's good. Why doesn't he intervene? Um, I mean, why doesn't God act uh, much more prominently when bad things are happening? And and I think for the Christian, that is that's a big, big thing that we have to um, grapple with ourselves, you know, that we we, we, we struggle with and and I think to start with then need to go back to maybe the origins of suffering and um, how the Bible describes the origins of suffering the origins of sin the origins yeah. of the Bible describes the fall how that why there is evil in the world and why the world is it is imperfect um and that all for me comes down to this aspect of free will uh, that God created us to be autonomous we can choose whether to obey or disobey God we can choose whether to enter a relationship with God or or move away from him and, and disregard him you know and, um, and 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 that's because God created us for a relationship and a relationship doesn't work if two parties don't have the free will to engage in that relationship to invest yeah. in that relationship otherwise it's a hostage situation if I if I choose to take somebody against their will um, and say you will love me and you are mine that's yeah that. yeah not good. <laughs> no, no. Well, that's abuse. That's, that's <laughs> what we look at. And we that's one of the injustices that we say doing that to someone is wrong. So Absolutely. why would we want God to do that to us? And and this free will element, the way we would be made in, in, in that way, and the creativity that we have, I believe, is part of us being made in God's image. Mm. Um, and it's led to incredible things, you know, great advances in all sorts of areas in science and technology and art and literature and poetry and architecture and all sorts of stuff that it's produced, education, industry. But it's also created great atrocities, terrible crimes and tragedies and all sorts of trouble for us. And that's because we know that, that when we have free will, all the choices that we face with we don't always make the best choice we don't always make the right choice and and i believe the bible talks about us making choices independently of god or opposed to god or certainly not involving god in our decisions and our choices that when we do that we lead ourselves into all sorts of of trouble yeah you know, if a child uh, goes off and, and makes choices as a father they don't make choices in line with what i understand as a father my experience my best wishes for them and they go against that they're going to get themselves into trouble yeah um, and there's that relationship that we have with god that, that's produced that it's it's um it's sin it's choosing to live our own way yeah and even when we look at natural natural disasters and things like that which often get leveled against god again as a a kind of form of suffering of well you know uh, we didn't have any part in that it just happened but 
actually, when we look at the effects of those, they're far, far worse in places where there's poverty and where there's lack. And the fact that there is greed, which has led to an unfair distribution of wealth, um, comes down to humanity's bad choices. You know, the fact that there's no flood defences, the fact that there's not proper hospitals and care, which leads to so so much more so much more of a death toll than there would be would have been in a, a developed world. It's we we can't put all of that onto God. Um, when actually we had a choice to prepare for that. We had a choice to to care for those nations that don't have as much, and we haven't. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think the stuff around natural disasters, you know, I think on one hand you've got the, how the Bible describes the fall, the influence of sin and, and its damage that it made not just to humanity but to the world that we live in. Mm. And also the fact that the world is made as almost like a moving organism in itself in some ways. You yeah. Know, kind of plate shifting produces something positive, but we choose to live it in places where we're, we're at risk. And, and I, you know, there's all sorts of other questions. And I, I, I know that that's um, uh, a complex thing, but I think um, the natural disasters one is one, I, at least I kind of feel like, yeah, okay, maybe you've got a point here in saying why didn't God stop the tsunami from happening or, yeah. or this um, volcano from erupting. But, but all of these things are part of a natural world. Some, I believe, for the benefit of the world and some as a result of, of the fall and the impact that sin has had on the world around us. And, the introduction of sin comes from an evil influence that's a spiritual influence. And for me, that's more of a mystery is the origins of evil from um, from a spiritual uh, effect that, you know, it's, it's the serpent in the garden that talks to Adam and Eve that causes them to disobey God, causes them to abuse their free will. Mm. Um, the origins of that evil for me is, is a greater mystery. And the Bible doesn't give us a clear understanding of where that comes from, of how that came about. No. But I believe actually, and, and I believe the influences of those things are still affecting um, the world that we live in today. Um, but I also know that the Bible says that although evil evil hasn't always been and it won't always be, that it is a mystery. And maybe the fact that we were never meant to experience it is why it remains a mystery and always will. But yeah. the Bible gives us a hope that all of these things will be dealt with. They'll all be, be uh, brought to an end. Sin, death, evil, uh, suffering will come to an end. And there isn't that hope in atheism. There isn't that hope in any other religion, but the Christian message does bring us into that hope, which I think is a really positive message when we talk about suffering. Yeah. And one of the things we we do have to talk about in this kind of frame of the origins of suffering is is not just the um, uh, the consequences of our free will in terms of their their natural actions if i'm greedy and i keep things from people they will be poor and therefore that's that natural reaction to greed to that sin but also the impact that that has on our relationship with god and and we can't fully understand the impact of suffering from the christian perspective if we don't understand that because we may not um know the origins of evil but we do understand the origins of that evil affecting humanity Mm -hmm. um, which is humans choosing to disobey and live independently from god which leads to death the bible tells us that the wages of sin are death so when people chose to disobey god and say no i don't want to live your way i think i have a better way of living um then that led to to death a spiritual death which ultimately leads to a natural death for humanity so it would be like humans saying do you know what i'm fed up of the sun um i don't really want to live with it anymore but as you remove yourself from that, you realize it's the source of life and we'd yeah. freeze to death. And that is essentially what has happened. But but it's more than that. It's as if we've said we're going to actually remove the sun from our life and getting back to it is a real issue from that point forward. Um, and 
in the same way we've removed ourselves from God as the source of life by saying we want to do things on our own. And, and now we're facing the consequences of that. So in the context of suffering and pain, et cetera, we can't look at it from a purely an individual perspective, my only my individual actions, because although God holds us all accountable for our own lives, there is a corporate decision that we have all made to say, do you know what? We don't want the sun anymore. We don't want that life source. And so the consequences are the suffering, the hurting, the pain that we're experiencing at, on an individual basis, but also uh, as a corporate people in the world. And so um, the the Bible makes it really clear that this won't just affect you, but actually this has affected the whole of creation, the whole of humanity. Um, and so there's a much bigger thing that is that is taking place than just our individual decisions. Yeah, I think God, you could argue God has a right to say, well, there you go, you've made your bed laying it. But actually, that isn't the Christian gospel. The, the message yeah. is then God, but God himself is not aloof or indifferent to our sufferings. And no. even though we might not be able to understand why he allows certain things to happen, what you can't say is God is indifferent, and he proves that in sending his son. Yes. <laughs> That's the Christian message, that God came as and lived as a man, that he not only suffered with us, but for us in a way that we could never imagine, so that he could lift us out of that suffering eventually and ultimately. And the Christian view of God doing that, you know, essentially getting his hands dirty when he could have just washed his hands of us, shows yeah. God isn't indifferent, shows that he loves us and that he cares, and that he, he actually came into the, the fallen world that wasn't his making to to to, to restore it you know and I, I think that's also really worth considering it's a very powerful message it's the christian message yeah and and, and i think the other thing to, to talk about you know talk about the origins of suffering we talked about why we even grapple with the question of suffering you know does suffering sometimes have a purpose um mm. I, I know when I was when I was a toddler, I, I I had a very high temperature. I was very ill. I went to hospital. I had to have a lumbar puncture, and for me in that moment, I went through excruciating pain. My parents watched. The doctors did the procedure, but there was something about me going through that suffering that had a purpose. It was for my benefit in the end, and and I think sometimes we know when we we react against those things and we and we face suffering. Those are the times when we're shaken out of our apathy. Those are times when we are shaken out of comfort and ease. Um, and there's something that suffering produces, whether it's in us or we see it in others, where it kind of wakes us up. It's a bit of a trumpet blast in our ear mm. to wake us up from apathy and from slumber and to begin to, I suppose, make two choices, actually. One is the atheist choice of saying, no, God, you can't be real. I'm moving away from you. Or the reaction that Job brought was to, no, I'm going to draw call on God. I want to find out more. About, I'm going to draw close to God. I'm going to look for him in this. I'm going to look for his comfort in this. And, and I know I've seen both extremes in, in people's lives, but I think what suffering doesn't do is allow you to just remain apathetic and not bothered. You know, it, it no. does cause one of those two moods. And and I think it produces some things in people. I've been to, to parts of the world where people live with a great lack and suffering and hardship, but their faith in God and their trust in God is immense. Mm. And they're happy and they're joyful because a lot of the other stuff of comfort has been stripped away and they have this relationship with god that is really refined because of their suffering now i'm i don't wish that on anyone in some ways but it, no. you can't say is suffering always drives people away from god actually suffering pushes people into god hmm. i think the question is why you know what is god's existence all about is it to keep me happy keep me comfortable and give me everything that i want or yeah. is it to bring me to a place of relationship with him. What's the best thing for me? To just get my own way in this life 
or actually maybe there's something that goes beyond this life into eternity and God wants to bring me into that relationship so that I can come through suffering, through the temporal, into something that's eternal and lasts forever. And that's a big, mm. big point of uh, the Christian message again around suffering. Exactly. And this is so key because... Um, although we really hope this series of 21 questions helps people and aids them with their individual questions about God and, and faith, you really can't take each of those questions in isolation um, because we can't make God in our image. We can't say, God, why, why is this happening? And I want you to give me the answer I want. We have to say, well, what, what is the actual answer? Because God has made us in his image. And if, for example, in this question, if, if, God being loving simply means he wants us to have a, an easy and pain-free life, then of course, suffering doesn't make any sense. But if his desire is to bring you to him, if his desire is, to, is for every person to find God, which the Bible tells us is his desire, that he doesn't want anybody to perish, he wants everyone to find him, then it makes sense that he will use anything to make sure we do find him, whether it's the good things that cause us to thank God and acknowledge his blessing and, and find him in that way, or if it's the struggles that cause us to cry out for help. If God understands that there's something way more significant about our life than just what we're experiencing now, and actually there's something much more important he's trying to protect us from in the future, in the, the kind of the next phase of life after life on this earth, then we start to see, okay, with all of its pain, all of its difficulty, with all of its hardship, suffering is still difficult to wrap our heads around, but it starts to make sense. It starts to say, okay, there is a bigger purpose to suffering than maybe I'm just seeing in the emotion and the pain that I'm feeling right now. Yeah. That bigger picture view is one I believe only God has. And, mm. and uh, we don't always see that when we're in the midst of things, you know, a general ordering a, an army, in the middle of the battle, you don't see the end purpose, but the, the general has the ultimate goal. And mm. there's lots of things to talk about in that. And, yeah. God, and and there are many good things that we enjoy in our lives as well. Are we grateful to God for those things as well? You know, so definitely. And there's loads more we could obviously talk about on this topic, but we said about 20 minutes um, for each of these questions and we're about there. So we're going to have to draw that to a close now and um, say thank you to everyone who's joined us today. Yeah. And we hope you'll come back for our next one. We're, uh, we, we really hope we can help. And like we said in the first episode, if there's anything we can do to help you in these questions that you might have, please contact us, get in touch with us. You can email us at findlife at livingrock.church. And uh, we will see you next time.